brethren. Brother Bob here again. In this podcast, I'm going to once again deal with the topic of truth. But the truth is, no pun intended, because I have much to share on this topic of truth, I'll have to divide it into two or three podcasts. If you listen to my podcast, and you'll notice that some of the material I use on this podcast has been used before, but that's okay. As the scriptures teach, repetition is a good thing. Truth is what grammar zealots call an abstract noun because it is an idea. Truth, like beliefs, are things that we can't directly experience with our human senses. What does wisdom look like? How does anger smell? Can you taste liberty? Believe it or not, some nouns aren't accessible with the five senses. These nouns, again, are called abstract nouns. And even though you can't see, smell, touch, taste, or hear them, they're still around you. Truth, as I shared before, is an abstract noun. We can't feel, taste, or smell truth. And yet truth is all around us. The hard part, especially in this day and age of dumbed-down people, even in the church, it's hard to separate real truths from fake news or false truths. So many people are so superficial and snowflakey in their thinking that they'll believe the ramblings of a TikTok moron before they accept and believe an actual factual truth. And that's because having or not having truth on a matter or a subject should never be determined by what feels or seems right. The churches are loaded with born-again Christians who only believe what they perceive to be truth because it feels like truth. The definition of the word truth is the actual state of a matter, an adherence to reality, or an indisputable fact. Truth just is. Pilate said to Christ, so you are a king. Christ answered, you say correctly that I am a king. For this I have been born, and for this I have come into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to Christ, what is truth? Now, being a Bible history buff, I understand Pilate's question, what is truth? Pontius Pilate grew up in a time when there were literally thousands of Greek philosophers who would spend the entire day just sitting around discussing and or debating the most irrelevant and frivolous things that they could come up with in their search for truth. Here's a little side note. Yeshua Christ told Pilate, everyone who is of the truth, here's my voice. Now, I personally believe that because I am a lover of truth, my journey to find the truth has always moved me to find what the truth was on a matter. In fact, in hindsight, I can look back and say my desire to know, i.e. find the one true God, opened the door for the Holy Spirit to come into my life, which in turn allowed the Holy Spirit to lead me down the path of knowledge and truth, which eventually led me to a true understanding of who God is and why Yeshua Christ came. And my quest for truth didn't stop after I was born again. In fact, my hunger for the truths of God's written word has not wavered in the 40-plus years that I've been saved. And because the Lord sees I'm a serious seeker of biblical truth, he has revealed to me numerous doctrinal truths, even those truths that go against the church status quo. Finding truth. No truth originates from humans. Humans simply discover truths that were already created by God. Truths in mathematics and truths in sciences and truths in biology and the truths in medicine, all truths in the universe were created by God. Remember what the scripture says, God is truth. In fact, because God always functions in the realm of truth, he cannot lie. God's truths are not decided through majority rule. Shepherds need to study and learn what God's already established biblical truths are and then teach those things that they learn to be the truths of God. Christ was speaking in Matthew 5.19 when he said, So 
If you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same thing, you will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. This is a warning verse from Christ for all those Bible teachers who foolishly believe that the big truths of God, like adultery and drunkenness, are more important than the small truths of God about modesty and gossip and slander. Shepherds and Bible teachers, this one verse alone should reveal to you that the Lord is very adamant about making sure that whatever we teach, we better be right. A truth is singular, and this holds true for the Scriptures. And here's an absolute truth about any truth. Truth does not come with multiple choice options. Now, what I just said is a shock to many of God's people. For reasons that defy logic, there are actually a lot of people in the church who sincerely but foolishly believe that the Lord's okay with us having differing views on a, on a truth of his. The good Lord cares about how we handle his truths. Second, Second Timothy chapter 2, 1 and 2. Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Yeshua Christ. You yourself have heard me teach these things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. So now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to other faithful people. These verses bring up one of the major reasons why the doctrinal truths of God's written word are all over the place these days. I see, or I hear, a lot of unfaithful and untrustworthy believers flippantly tossing what they believe to be God's truths around at various Bible studies or on online social media sites, thinking that they're wise and mature in the faith. Always remember, someone with a bit of Bible knowledge sounds like a, a Bible scholar when he or she is teaching people who have little or no knowledge of the Scriptures, and yet that same person usually sounds like a Bible moron when they share that same superficial knowledge with believers who know their Scriptures. And our Heavenly Father wants us to be sure that what we believe to be his truth really is. 2 Timothy 2.15, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. Unfortunately, brethren, a lot of people get the truths of scriptures wrong. So, And brethren, we can't all be right. Some of us have to be wrong. If you've got five people getting together to discuss a biblical truth, and there's a disagreement among all five of those people. Guess what? All five of those people are wrong, or one person in a group is right. We can't all be right. Brethren, the church is in a spiritual mess. I say that sadly with confidence because all you have to do is do a little Google search and look up what various church doctrines are, what they're teaching as doctrinal truth these days. Now, I'm not talking about the differences in, in denominational teaching. I'm speaking of the vast differences in today's churches when it comes to biblical truth. Please listen to me carefully. If the Holy Spirit is the sole provider and revealer of God's truths to the church, why is there such little unity of truth in the church? Either the Holy Spirit is the sole revealer and teacher of God's truth, or he's not. I personally believe that he's not. Now, there was a time before we had the completed scriptures when the Holy Spirit was the sole revealer of God's truths. However, I believe that the New Testament church epistles clearly put the sole responsibility of choosing to study, i.e. learn, the truths of God's word on the believer. Now, even with that said, I'm quite aware that the Holy Spirit plays an important and enormous part behind the scenes in enlightening 
those children of God who are seeking after God's truths. We're not going to really have a clear understanding yet until we get to the other side and a lot of this stuff that we don't see in the spiritual realm will be revealed to us. But let's be brutally honest, brethren. You will not find one single spot in the church epistles where the Holy Spirit is rebuked for doing a lousy job. Brethren, there's not one spot in the church epistles where believers are told to wait on the Holy Spirit's leading for learning God's word. Throughout all of the scriptures, those believers who chose to do the right thing in God's eyes were blessed and or rewarded. And those believers who chose to do the wrong things in God's eyes were punished or disciplined. The good Lord reveals his truth to those who diligently seek to know them. Now, even with that said, for some reason, there are some truths of the scriptures that aren't quite clear to us. An example of that is the rapture teaching in the Bible. There are numerous biblical views on when the rapture is going to happen. And I agree that there are numerous ways to look at the scriptures, which will result in varying time frames for the rapture. Now, even with that, though, there's only one true biblical time frame for when the rapture is actually going to happen. We just haven't figured it out. And even then, the rapture doctrine is not really a dogmatic doctrine that we need to have the answer for right now. We're all supposed to be ready for the Lord's return, whatever, regardless of what time you think the rapture is going to happen. The same thing can't be said about other specific doctrines that are debated, like when or if the signs and wonder gifts have ended. There is serious bad ramifications depending on which side of the fence you are. When it, when it comes to a lot of the doctrines that are being tossed around in the churches these days. Now, let me explain the uh, what I mean by the serious ramifications. Using the signs and wonders seeking believers who are in quite a few churches out there these days. Now, I need you signs and wonders seeking believers to listen carefully. I know that most of you are sincere, but you need to understand that being sincere doesn't make you sincerely right. Doing things truthfully according to the scriptures is what makes you right in God's eyes. And even that statement needs to be qualified because there are people who are doing things that they find in the scriptures that they believe are true, but they're not true for the church age. I went through a big thing about that already in this discussion. Just because you're doing something that's in the Bible, it doesn't mean you're being accurate. You can be untruthful by doing things that are no longer applicable for the church age. I mean, to take it to an extreme, I could go to the scriptures and find a place where I could start teaching Christians that the Lord wants us to stone and burn any believer who picks up wood on the Sabbath. And that's what the Bible says, okay? Now, that's a truth from the scriptures. But if you don't know your scriptures, you know that that truth has changed in the New Testament times. I could also go into the scriptures and Use the truth of God that says God doesn't want believers eating pork. No pork chops for you believers. Now, that would be a truth, but it's a truth that's obsolete. It's changed in the New Testament. So you have to know what you're teaching and making sure that it applies to the church age. I could even go into the New Testament epistles and find Bible verses that command believers to seek after those gifts or sign gifts that edify the church. And that's a truth from the Lord. But even that truth was changed 20, 30 years later when we have the completion of the Bible and the Apostle Paul tells us that these sign gifts are going to end. When the perfect comes, when the Bible is complete, we walk by faith and not by sight. So again, I'm going to use the signs and wonders seeking believers as an example of what happens when people get sidetracked by biblical truth that used to apply for the early believers before the church was even formed, really that was changed 
to a different truth later on in the New Testament church epistles. Now, I use the signs and wonders seeking believers as an example because there's a lot of believers in the church who are desperately seeking after these signs and wonders gifts because they're still caught up in the Corinthian verses thinking that they should be doing that. And we have a lot of shepherds or pastors, especially in these Pentecostally-like churches who live by their experiences, who are still seeking after these signs and wonders gifts, even though the Bible says that those things will end when the Scriptures are completed. Now, disobeying the Lord's command that those signs and wonders gifts will seek, and we need to walk by faith, that means by a by the instructions and teachings of the Scriptures, when people are ignoring doing that and trying to find or seek after these fake or mystical signs and wonder gifts, it puts a lot of stress on people. There's a lot of believers who for years make altar calls and walk up there seeking uh, to receive some kind of a mystical gift or sign gift that, that the Lord promises them in the Corinthians if you seek for it. But the problem is if you don't know your whole scriptures, you know that that command to seek after certain signs and gifts has ended in the church. I know brothers and sisters in Christ who, who've been seeking after these signs and wonders gifts for years and years and years. And even though I asked them, isn't it obvious to you that that's not going on? Look out your window. Where is this going on? I mean, again, I, again, I've shared this on so many podcasts. I'm not saying that the Lord doesn't do unique stuff. He's do, he still does amazing things, miracles upon miracles and in unique places and unique times, choosing when he wants to. But we definitely don't have a single person, there's not one single person on planet Earth who's walking around like Peter and Paul doing these amazing things. So I asked these signs and wonder seekers who don't have a sign or wonder gift after 20, 30 years of seeking for it. I said, don't you think maybe they're just over with? And they, and they, and they people tell me, well, yeah, it's kind of baffling why I don't see the signs and wonders going on. And I say, well, common sense should tell you they're over. And they say, well, I just don't want to miss out on something. If the Lord's going to do this, I want to make sure that he blesses me with one of these gifts. Like he's going to go, like these people believe he's going to go against his word and give them a sign of wonder gift because they're believing a doctrine that was ended when the Bible was completed. Now, if you, if you're on any social media sites, you know that there are hundreds of and hundreds of people out there who think that they have this gift of prophecy. Now they're not telling me any new prophecy. They're not. They're just using the Nostradamus generic, throwing out vague, or uh, in you know they're using Bible verses incorrectly to to share blessings and promises and say God said this and God told me this and whatever. It's just a bunch of BS. It's a bunch of spiritual BS. I have yet to have anybody give me new spiritual prophetic words like you know what brother bob there's going to be an earthquake uh in california in 2026 or we're gonna have a great famine in the land or uh we're gonna have this big thing called climate change going on for about 100 years or we're gonna get uh the price of amazon is gonna go up from 26 to 350 whatever i'm just being facetious but i have no new prophetic word new no new teachings from the lord if I'd have that, we'd have to add it to our Bibles. I have no new knowledge. Nobody's getting new information, new revelation right from the throne room of God that we need to put in or paste into our Bibles. The Lord still has gifted men and women in the church who can teach and explain the things of the Lord, but that sign and wonder gifts are over. And we need to accept that because the Bible said that they're going to cease 
when the scriptures are complete. And you're going to get people are going to argue with you. Say, oh, well, that's not what that meant. That means when we get our complete body and our perfect body in heaven. Yeah, well, I say, well, look out your window. Where do you see this going on? Where are, the, where are these signs and wonders, people? Look in your own church. You know, we got pastors in our churches who profess this is going on, yet you look across into their pews and all you hear is a bunch of tongue babbling. That's the only gift you hear going on because you can fake that one. But you can't fake bringing somebody back from the dead or, or putting somebody's body parts back on. I mean, uh, it's just it's so obvious. You know, you, you're not going to get anybody uh, walking on the water, going over and uh, raising a net with 120 fish in it. I'm just telling you, we live in a time when we need to walk by faith. The Lord has given us his Bible, completed Bible, for us to follow it. That's our instructions. That's how the Lord talks to us. That's how we work through people. That's how people's lives are changed by using the wonderful gospel message of Christ and then sharing biblical truths with new believers to get them to grow up in the ways and in the, in the truths of God's word. These signs and wonder-seeking people are just living a, a, their lives in a spiritual sh- sideshow. It's, it's a sideshow. They're looking for experiences. They want to satisfy their flesh. They, just, they ignore doing what the Bible says. They ignore following the truths for the church age that the Lord expects us to follow, and, and rather they get caught up in these uh, visions and signs and experiences. So again, what the, the, the bad ramifications of getting caught up in the signs and wonder-seeking doctrinal stuff is it puts a lot of pressure on believers to try to find these gifts or get these gifts. They seek after these gifts, and they're not going to happen. And so a lot of believers get frustrated. They get discouraged. They actually become hopeless because they think, well, God promised me that if I sought after this, I would get it. But they're ignoring the instructions in the Bible, teaching clearly that those things were going to end. Quit looking for those things. Basically, what Paul said is quit looking for those signs and wonders, people. He's telling the church to start to do what the book says. And again, and that's really important to clarify again, because there's people doing stuff in the book that's in the book, but it's not for the church age. Again, all this rambling I'm doing is because I'm trying to focus in on the importance of knowing what biblical truth is and knowing how important it is to know what biblical truth is. It's so important because there's 25,000 denominations in this world, all different branches of Christianity and and all kinds of uh, people who would call themselves followers of Yeshua who are caught up in all kinds of weird, spacey doctrinal teachings. It's because either they added to the scriptures or they misinterpreted the scriptures. And we got to get back to what the truth of the Bible is if we really want to please the Lord. So here's the words of Christ, Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name we drove out demons, and in your name we performed many miracles. And then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Get away from me, you evildoers. Now here's a a different translation. It's a better translation. It says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day... Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name and we perform many miracles in your name. But I will say to them, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Now, again, please listen to what I share next. Contrary to what many of you are taught, Yeshua Christ is not speaking about unsaved people. 
when he rebukes those who did these supposed miracles or prophesied or cast out demons. Christ is talking to what we would call today professing born-again Christians, and they would be born-again Christians who have drifted away from sound doctrine. They're still believers in Yeshua. They still had accepted Yeshua Christ as their eternal Savior. They just got away from sound doctrine. These verses speak of believers who have become so deceived that they genuinely believed that they were doing the Lord's work when it's clear from what Christ shared that they were not obeying biblical doctrine, and especially that biblical doctrine that tells us that the sign gifts were going to end when the Bible was completed. The word no here when Christ says, I never knew you, is talking about having an intimate relationship. It's not the no where they knew and believed the gospel of Christ. They understood who Christ was. They accepted Christ as their Savior, they just didn't have that intimate walk with the Lord because they weren't obeying scriptures. Happens all the time. Churches are full of people doing their own thing, teaching their own thing, doing what's right in their own eyes, okay? And this judgment here is going to be the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ is not a salvation judgment. It's a reward judgment. We're going to be judged, as the Bible says, for the good or the bad things that we do as children of God. Are you telling me, Brother Bob, that believers can become so deceived that they would think they're doing the Lord's work when they're really not? Absolutely. Happens all the time. Uh, there's a whole group of people out there in, in the born-again Christian churches who will teach you that drinking alcohol is a sin. And they teach you that because it just seems wrong to drink alcohol because look at all the drunks out there in the world. Well, there's a lot of sexual perverts in the world, too, and and these same alcohol abstainers don't teach and preach that married couples should abstain from sex. Now, it sounds really pious and holy to say we, we shouldn't drink alcohol, but it's not biblical. You're adding to scriptures when you do that. So I believe these believers who ignored the Bible verse that told believers that the sign gifted had ended were going to be rebuked at the judgment seat of Christ. When Christ says you broke God's laws, he meant that you didn't obey the doctrines that were required for you to obey in the church age. And because biblical discernment is so lacking in today's churches, believers are not able to discern that some of the teachings in the book of Corinthians or even in the Gospels no longer applies by the, by the time the books of Timothy, Thessalonica, and Titus were written. People can't discern that. They don't have the ability. They look at what's going on in the Corinthian church. Oh, that must be for us today in the church age. They can't discern that things changed, even from the beginning of the Gospels to the time by the time they were finished. People can't figure that out. So these people that Christ accused of being false teachers or misleading teachers weren't accused of believing a false gospel. They were being rebuked for believing false teachings. Now, just a little no-brainer tidbit, I guess. You should just think about this. Just ponder this. Why would Yeshua Christ be upset or rebuke believers who are healing people and casting out demons and prophesying in his name? Why would he be rebuking them? That would all be good things to do, wouldn't it? I mean, the Lord should be, like, pleased and want to wrap his arms around these people and just be so happy that they were faithful. But he doesn't. And why doesn't he? Because they weren't faithful. They weren't doing as the word taught. And the word, and the truth of God's word is more important than what people think they're doing. No matter how pious it sounds, no matter how righteous it sounds, even no matter how sincere it sounds, if it goes against the truths of God's word, it is wrong. And that's what Christ is trying to emphasize there. Now, I'm not trying to put words in Christ's mouth, but I'm 
I can picture him at the judgment seat telling these signs of wonders people who thought they were doing such wonderful things in the name of the Lord. I can hear him saying, but you guys and you gals should have finished reading the book because the instructions in the book that came after those signs and wonders told you that these things were going to cease when the perfect came, when the scriptures were completed, and I expect you to be walking by faith and not by sight. Matthew 5.19, Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of God. This is a reward punishment. This is not a salvation judgment. When we get to the judgment seat of Christ, if we were believers who took away from God's word or ignored teaching God's word or taught others not to believe something that was in God's word because we didn't like it or it didn't fit into our denominational beliefs, we're going to suffer consequences at the, at the judgment seat of Christ. We're going to lose rewards in the kingdom. That's just how it's going to work. But if we're faithful, Christ goes on to say, whoever keeps and teaches those commandments shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. There's a reward and blessing for doing what's right in God's eyes. God's eyes. Again, this takes spiritual, biblical discernment. You have to go, wait a minute. The Lord doesn't want me offering up animal sacrifices in the church anymore. You have to be, I mean, I mean, that's like a no-brainer one, isn't it? But you have to look at those things that got changed even in the beginning of the New Testament. You have to discern what no longer applies for the church age. And this takes, again, discernment. And it's that's lacking big time in most Christians. Again, I share all this because even in the scriptures, sometimes it's difficult to figure out which truth of God no longer applies for the church age. Sometimes it's hard for us to see, well, that Bible says we should be doing that, but if we can't discern that that has changed or it's not for the church age, we're going to get caught up in doing stuff that does not please the Lord. And the Lord doesn't change his truths to trick us or to mess us up. He expects us to know his scriptures. He expects us to know and to study and to learn that word so well, we can discern when certain truths that he had changed or are over with. That's why the Bible says those truths of God's are things you have to dig for sometimes. They're hidden. They're only revealed to those believers who are genuinely seeking to know what the scriptures teach. Brethren, once we discover God's biblical truths, he expects us to guard them. Second Timothy chapter 1 starts in verse 13. It says, Timothy, retain the standard of sound words which you have heard from me in the faith and love which are in Yeshua Christ. Guard through the Holy Spirit who indwells you the treasures which have been entrusted to you. Sadly, I don't see many believers who actually care about even knowing the truths of scriptures, let alone guarding them. There's a lot of people that are guarding denominational doctrines. Oh, they'll they'll stand up for what they feel or think is right in their own eyes, but come come to defend the truth, they'll go, oh, that's obsolete. That's that changed. That's a, you know our society is different than it was back then. Whatever. I just don't see a spiritual fire in the belly of most believers to want to actually dig in and diligently study the Word of God to find the truths of Scriptures. And again, as I shared, it's an amazing fact that even God's biblical truths, most of His truths, are hidden. It takes a little work to find them. He did it on purpose. Proverbs 2, verse 1 through 5, My son or daughter, if you receive my words and if you will treasure my commandments within you, and if you will make your ear attentive to wisdom, and if you will incline your heart to understanding, and if cry for discernment, and if you lift your voice for understanding, and if you seek her as silver, and if 
You search for her as a hidden treasure. Then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. There's a lot of ifs in them verses. And that's because the Lord expects us to be doing these things. The Holy Spirit doesn't teach people who don't want to be taught. He doesn't enlighten or lead anybody to truth unless they're diligently seeking to find truth. Now, there are a lot of amazing scientific, biological, medicinal, and mathematical truths that were hidden and needed to be discovered in order to launch into space. And all these hidden truths were created by God. Truth is revealed to those who seek for it. And when it comes to the truths of God's word, many times the Lord hides these truths because he desires that his people search for them as one searches for a treasure, which is usually done pretty diligently. There's a lot of effort goes into looking for a treasure, monetary treasure people have given their lives, 20, 30, 40, 50 years trying to find gold. How much more important is it to find the truths of God's word, especially if you're a believer? And again, I can't reiterate this enough, God's truths change. So in the Old Testament, when he had a truth, and it changed in the New Testament, the Old Testament truth is no longer a truth. It's an untruth because it was changed by another truth. So again, we need to know and discern which truths are applicable for the church age. Yeshua Christ, who was the Word of God, who became a human, gave us a, a literal example of him changing a truth from one truth to a new truth when he said, in the past, you were told you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That was an Old Testament commandment. That was a truth from the Lord. But then it got changed because Yeshua Christ, who's God, can change it. But he says, I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now, there's an example of Yeshua Christ changing one truth from God to a new truth from God. That means that the old truth is no longer a truth and we need to ignore it. And we need to obey the new truth that's been revealed to us. Now, Christ did this a few times in the Gospels, but a lot of those new truths of the Lord came in those church epistles. A lot of those church epistles, now Christ did teach quite a few new things to us, but those church epistles, which were the instructions and teaching for the church age, changed a lot of God's Old Testament truths. And even uh, some of the truths were changed that Christ shared during his ministry time in the Gospels because we have this new thing called the church epistles, which gives us the instructions and the teachings and the commandments that the Lord expects the people in the church age today to obey. Now, I hope you are aware that every time Yeshua Christ shared something new with his followers, it became a God truth, unless even that new God truth from Christ's lips was once again changed in the church epistles. Let me give you an example of what I mean. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 5 through 6, the 12 apostles Yeshua sent out after instructing them, do not go in the way of the Gentiles and do not enter any of the cities of the Samaritans, but go rather just to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Initially, Yeshua Christ came to redeem only the Jews. However, once the Jews, for the most part, rejected him as their Messiah, Christ told his Jewish followers to go out into the world and preach the gospel to whoever is lost. The teaching about not going to the Gentiles became a untruth when he taught people to go out into the world and share the gospel. It was a new truth. That's why I tell so many people in my podcast, words matter. The meanings and the definitions of words matter. What's being said at a specific time in the scriptures matters. It matters if it might change. It matters if it stays the same. But 
whatever it is, words matter. You get you can't just ignore stuff because you don't like it, you don't want to hear it, or it doesn't seem right. Words matter to God. He puts that in there for a reason. And when he changes his truths, it should matter to us. There's a very large sect of what I would call born-again believers who are the Seventh-day Adventists. They have a solid gospel, but they get caught up in the Old Testament truths that were changed in the New Testament. They refuse to accept what was taught in the New Testament, and they're just caught up in believing what's in the Old Testament. Even though it's clearly it's clearly something that was changed, they refuse to accept that new truth. Well, they're going to be held accountable to judgment seat of Christ for choosing to ignore the new instructions for the church age and the church epistles. Now, I, I hate to keep nagging you with this point, but it's important. It's important to understand that God's truths change, and some of them change really quickly. Again, the book of Corinthians has instructions that no longer apply because 20 years later, when we got the rest of the church epistles, those teachings changed what we were taught in the book of Corinthians. Most Bible scholars agree that the two letters to the Corinthian believers were the first two church epistles that were written. In the first letter to the Corinthian believers, we can read and see that there were some amazing signs and wonders, gifts that were still functioning. In fact, the believers were told to seek after these. But in a short period of time, maybe 20 to 30 years, the scriptures clearly imply that these initial God truths about the teachings of the signs and wonders gifts had ended. It's clear. People want to hang on to the untruth of the Corinthian teaching. Now, to make it more confusing, there are some truths in those Corinthian letters that are still applicable for the church age, but you have to be able to discern which ones are no longer applicable. And that comes, again, through biblical discernment, serious studying, and seriously seeking to know the truths of God. So I'm going to stop right there for this part. But you need to understand, brother, the Lord says true worshipers of the Lord are going to worship in spirit and truth. Okay, We have to discern what the truth is. We have to be diligent to seek it out. The Bible talks about to be a, a diligent studier so that you accurately learn and teach the truths of God's word so that you're not ashamed to the judgment seat of Christ. We need to learn what those truths are that apply for the church age. We have to quit deciding what truth is based on our feelings or based on things that are no longer truths, that used to be truths, and we have to discern that this is what God wants us to do in the church age. If we want to be pleasing children, we have to worship him in spirit and truth. And here's a little tidbit for Pastor T. I know he sent me something about this a while back. Pastor T, the word truth just means truth. It doesn't mean sincere truth. Um, you gave me a little thing telling me that, well, we need to worship the Lord sincerely. Well, we do, but the word truth doesn't mean that. This is why it's important that you can discern what the meaning of Greek words is. You know, I think even uh, somebody taught that from the pulpit in your church that uh, a friend of mine told me that the word truth here doesn't mean truth. It means sincere. That's not true. That's an untruth. The verse says, an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. True where it says true worshipers is a word for sincere, not the word truth. There's a reason why we have so many denominations in the Christian in the Christian realm, and that's because certain religions, denominations, picked and choose what they liked and what they didn't like. The reason we have all these Pentecostal, charismatic-like religions is because they like the signs and wonders things, even though the scriptures are, are clear that they've ended. Brethren, truth isn't determined by what we want it to be. 
It doesn't work that way. Truth isn't determined by what we experience or feel. It doesn't work that way. We have to figure out which truth the Lord wants us to be walking in, and that's going to take some effort, some diligent studying, some serious prayer time, and a serious commitment to want to know the truths of God's Word. Brethren, there's a serious consequence at the judgment seat of Christ for getting this wrong. That's why the Bible talks about us being diligent to be good workmen, making sure that we're approved by God so that we diligently study and diligently discern, diligently seek the truths of his word. So we're not ashamed when we get to the judgment seat and we were teaching and believing stuff that wasn't applicable for the church age. And as I shared before, sincerity doesn't make for biblical truth. A lot of Christians in the born-again churches are sincerely wrong about what they believe. Anyways, I'm going to finish up part one here. And just, again, remember, the only way to separate biblical truth from a biblical lie is to know your scriptures. And not only know your scriptures, you have to discern which truths are for the church age today and which truths are no longer truths. Your true friend in Christ, Brother Bob.